This week's guest is Brendan McDonald, who joins us from sunny and warm St. Augustine, Florida. Brandon has spent the past 15 years in the industry opening and operating bars and restaurants across the U.S. Several of the topics we cover in our conversation with Brendan include his time spent in Gainesville, Florida, attending the University of Florida and working in the bar scene there. We talk about his favorite style of bar to work at and why. And we also talk about Brendan's podcast, which is named Bard Tenders. Kip and I made an appearance as guests on that show a few weeks back. We also happened to have interviewed the co-host of the Bard Tenders podcast, John Matier, back on episode 165. Make sure you check out the Bard Tenders podcast and Brandon's page on Instagram at Liquids and Cups, or check the show notes as always for all the links. Enjoy the show. Okay, we are back with another episode of the Industry Podcast. Kip and Dan with you as usual. What is happening? Not much. Just had a solid weekend of, we had a Christmas party from work. Oh, how'd that go? Well, um, I remember showing up. Uh, <laughs> now we, <laughs> we did schedule up one of our, actually, our past uh, guests. Uh, we did a little mushroom catering. Mm. Uh, Steph Suez. So it was great to see her and, uh, you know, patronize the local business, which is great because she does a lot for the community. She does. So yes. that was a wonderful event. We had a great time. Everyone absolutely loved the food. So oh, if good. anyone's looking for a little catering event of any sort or a big catering event, because they do big and small and do everything in between, check out Little Mushroom Catering in lovely Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. Yeah. Good plug for Steph. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the food is great. Yep. And uh, what about you? Uh, nothing too exciting. Another week of, uh, struggling along with the bars. Nice. <laughs> We're into Christmas season, so that should be good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I actually ended up at Sugar Run after my Christmas party. Oh, nice. How did that go? I had a couple of drinks, a couple of cocktails. I'm sure I talked really smart for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And then, uh, got home, but uh, how oh. things go at the bars? That's my usual question. Yeah, it's usually, it's, it's fine. Yeah. The, December will be good. And then, uh, we're all crossing our fingers for January and February. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So out of curiosity with the Cambridge bar, that one's been a bit of a struggle with all mm-hmm. the different, uh, plans of attack you've taken there. How's the latest switch to lower price points and flat pricing? We actually had our busiest week yet. So over this last weekend, so that is good, but I don't know. It's still hard yeah, to tell. Christmas. Could be Chris, could be a Christmas bump, could be the pricing. Hard yeah. to tell. So we will see. Keep writing it out. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the area and you want to check out one of these bars we've been talking about, Sugar Run is in downtown Kitchener at Sugar Run Bar on Instagram to check out what's happening there. Babylon Sisters is Uptown Waterloo. That's at Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. And then the Argyle Arms is in Preston, Ontario, Cambridge at Argyle underscore arms underscore 2023 on Instagram. So check out all the things that are happening there. Lots of live music at Argyle. Maybe mixing in some karaoke soon if you guys want to check that out. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, $6 pints, $5 bar rail, and $15 for everything on the menu. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's how we're doing it there. Yeah. It <laughs> just sounds like one big brawl waiting to happen at any time. On yeah, a Friday for... night around 1230. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Uh, <laughs> as for what we do here on the show, if you like what we're doing, you should, uh, I keep saying subscribe, but I guess we should be saying follow is all the new platforms. They, it's the follow button, yeah. not the subscribe button. So it's follow. And if you want to uh, drop a rating and a review, that's even better. That helps us out a great deal. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, info at the industry club is the email address, or you can DM us uh, at the industry podcast on Instagram. 
And then Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co is the man behind all the artwork on the Instagram platform. Uh, we always appreciate him. You should check him out for all your graphic arts needs. And I think that's about all we got to chat about. Let's bring in our guest. Brandon McDonald is joining us here from Florida. He is one of the hosts of the Bar Detenders podcast. We had uh, John Matier on earlier, his co-host. We also were guests on your podcast. So how are you doing, Brandon? Not too bad. Enjoying my first day off in like three actual factual weeks. Between like, you know, podcast stuff. You know, we spent, I technically yesterday was a day off, but we spent 12 hours recording content. So it doesn't really feel like a day off. No. And, you know, I was going to make the joke, you know, he said he got to, to go to a Christmas party. And I don't know, since I've been in the industry, I've gone to a Christmas party that I wasn't working that was actually in the month of December. No, yeah. Bartender Christmas is in January. Yeah, um, or or February. Or (laughs) sometimes it's February. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, so you've been doing this for a long time now. And where are you? You're in Florida. Are you back in Gainesville or... So I'm in St. Augustine at the moment. Okay. Um, I work with John at the TPC Sawgrass uh, Clubhouse at the golf course in Ponte Vedra. And I'm kind of just, you know, waiting to see what the next step in life is. Uh, the pandemic mm. brought me back to Florida in 2020. And I've kind of just bounced around a little bit looking for a good fit for me personally and uh, making sure I can pay my bills and, you know, working with people I enjoy is as important as making a good income. So mm-hmm. making sure you enjoy where you're working is, is uh, as important as enjoying what you're doing. So, mm-hmm. And you were out in Denver before the pandemic, is that right? That's correct. It's been yeah. about four years out there. And, uh, you know, co- COVID brought us back home. And what, so talk to us a little bit about, we've had a few people who uh, on the show from Denver. Talk to us about the scene out there. I know they have a Death & Co. What else is going on out there, Bar Wife? So Denver was the first time I worked in a town or city that felt like it was in front of a lot of the country as far as food and beverage went. Certainly pre-pandemic, you know, they cared more about food and beverage than any place I'd ever worked. Um, Florida gave me a very jaded perception of how the food and beverage world was because we're so tourist driven for so long. It was cutthroat. It was, don't you dare go to those people, you come to me. Mm -hmm. Denver was, oh my God, we have a new bar opening up on the block. That's so fucking cool. Let's blow them up. We want this block to be busy. Go hang it. Go see them. Come see us. Like we're all one giant community. Um, It's coopetition. We're on the same team um, and we want to all work together to make the community stronger. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that because, like I said, in, in Florida, everyone's fighting for the same dollar, whereas Denver had the idea that if you take care of everyone, the money's going to show up. Like, you're going to be busy if you provide a pro- uh, quality product. So whether or not your neighbor is doing good or bad doesn't really affect you, but the better they do, the more likely people are to come see you anyway. It's 100% right. It's the only way we can do this. Like, especially now, post-pandemic, where all this whole industry is in the fucking toilet, basically. Like, if we're not supporting each other and supporting a community in an area of a city, we're all fucked. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And we we all ultimately want the same thing. I mean, everybody wants 
you know, peace of mind. They want to enjoy what they do. They want customers to enjoy what they do. So it's not like any one bar or restaurant wants something wildly different from their neighbor. You know, it, they, there's no specialty restaurants that need a special set of rules as opposed to the rest of us. So working against each other is really just, you know, it, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face and it right. doesn't make sense for anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's uh, I always, it never ceases to amaze me how many people, even in our own community here, don't see that. And then, like, look at other places that open as competition. It's like, why don't you look around and see all the places that are fucking closing down around you and how that's affecting your business? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're looking at it in the exact wrong direction. The more places that are open up down in your community, the better. If you look at a bar or restaurant that's opening up in your area and you see it as a sign that you're going to go out of business there's already something fundamentally wrong with your business anyway. That's right. Like a, a good bar down the street isn't going to bankrupt you unless your business sucks already. That's true. Um, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, maybe it's good that you have that like tool to use it as a reflection point, but like, oh man, this bar is going to offer affordable drinks and a good atmosphere. We're going out of business. Then maybe you should go out of business. Like, yeah. Maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with your building. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's cool. That's interesting. The difference between Florida and Denver. Um, you, uh, where did you grow up? I'm an Orlando boy. Orlando, um, and then you went to Gainesville for school. Correct. I was in Gainesville for school. Uh, graduated with a degree in economics and finance, and the worst time to have those two degrees in history. Um, so well, I guess 2008. Not, not I graduated in 2009. Uh. <laughs> so you're you you're right on the money on that uh. one. Um, and then I refused to move home and I refused to ask my parents for help. So um, I couldn't get a job in banks. So I started uh, working the door at a nightclub and I was a host at a sushi restaurant. And within the next nine months, I was uh, classified as a manager at both of those spots. And I kind of never turned back. I realized I could monetize my personality. I could chit chat with people and make money. And I was never built to be a nine to fiver. So, you know, walking in the restaurant at 11 a.m., and clocking out at 9 or 10 p.m. was more my lifestyle than, you know, getting up at 6 to be to work by 8 and be home by 5. It just, that schedule never worked for me in the first place. Something we're built for was to be a football player, though. And uh, you played football for the University of Florida, which is, um, yeah. Very briefly. Right, but still, it happened. <laughs> and that's great. So what position do you play? I don't know if we ever talked about that when we were on your show. Uh, I played uh, defensive tackle and tight end. Right. But you were on the same team as I'm in our previous discussion as like Aaron Hernandez and Tim Tebow and like some big name Florida stars. Yeah, those 09 Gators were, or I'm sorry, 05 Gators. Yeah. Um, the 05 Gators were crazy. I mean, that team is probably, the 05 06 version was not bad. The 08 version was probably one of the best college football teams to ever take the field against anybody ever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that whole team was monsters. Um, Brandon Spikes, Percy Harvin, uh, obviously Tebow was there. Well, um, Percy the, Harvin was on that team. Yeah, that's right. Percy oh, Harvin was a freshman the same year. He's the same age as Tebow and the rest of those guys. Those were all incoming freshmen in 05. Oh, wow. So crazy. Yeah. Like, and so like, talk to us a little bit about what that school was like to even just attend, whether like, I know you were on the team briefly, but like, what was that whole 
situation like for you and what was the what was the vibe in Gainesville during that time it must have been nuts I mean it was it was crazy so going into that the the team hadn't experienced a ton of success for about 10 years the last national championship before that was 96 mm-hmm. um so there was always an expectation of being good the Gators have always been an above average uh competitive sporting school in most sports we don't have a hockey team, but the big three um, is always, you know, they're always the top 1% of college athletic programs. Um, but when they started doing good, my freshman year, that that football team really surprised everyone. And it kind of took the school by storm. And I mean, it was just parties after parties after parties. And professors are giving you know better curves on finals and everyone is just happier and then the next year the basketball team wins right and it is just now it's just a bonanza and unfortunately did create some sort of expectation of excellence which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because like you get too used to winning and you have unreasonable expectations of what it is moving forward but I remember watching the first basketball championship I watched with my friends. And when the clock hit zero, we were like, amazing. Now we have two national titles. What do we do right now? And you look out the dorm room window and people are just flocking to University Avenue, which is the main strip um, to the north side of the university campus. And we're like, let's follow those guys. Like, why not? Like, everyone seems to be going that way. Let's go that way. And it was kind of a just build your own street party. And people had just run to the streets and everyone's just congregating. But it's not, it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't destructive. There's no vandalism. They weren't lighting things on fire. It was literally like a drum circle broke out. And like a, a, a pet band brought out their instruments. And people are just running around high-fiving each other and dancing. And as the competitions kept going you know the gainesville police department was just ready to shut the university down so or the 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 street university avenue down and it just became a block party every time those things happened and for the next week or two it was just a giant celebration because everyone on campus was just stoked to be present and as it turns out as a student i had the I mean, I was absolutely spoiled rotten. I had four national championships in four years. It was just the best time to be a student athlete or a fan of college athletics mm-hmm. because it was just absolutely just an embarrassment of riches. Nice. And an early era in cell phones, so not too many people recording stuff as much, which is good. <laughs> and honestly, thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they talk about people, you know, ruining their lives by recording things on cell phones. And it's like, bro, thank God when I was in high school and my beginning years of college that these videos were so terrible because yep. if they existed now, like, who knows where we would all be yeah, we were very lucky to be well, well before recorded yeah. uh, cell phones during our university days. So it was like, <laughs> like I look back, I, I think about it now, like the poor kids going to school now, like this is the rest of your life. <laughs> it, it also must like kind of lead to a much tamer experience because people are probably more worried about that shit, right? I mean, you would have uh, probably, yeah. I mean, I remember just thinking about the idea of, you know, 
as I progressed in Gainesville, you know, I was running a nightclub and I remember kicking somebody out and I remember seeing this just like horrifically just terrible ancient flip phone pass through the gate where the guy's trying to take my picture and be like, I'm going to remember you. You're the one who kicked me out. I just remember thinking like, you're going to like sober up tomorrow and you're going to look at that and you're going to have no clue who I am. Yeah, this, this, no this, this, fucking, this is dude I took a picture of. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Why is it at such a weird angle? Because you have to like reach <laughs> under the bar on my gate to like flip up. And it's just like, I can't imagine what that guy thought the next day when he flipped through his phone and was like, who's this gorilla on my phone? Like, what happened? Like, uh, you know what? He, he made his point. He was yeah. going to remember my face for being the dude who kicked him out. Yeah. So, I hope uh, he did. <laughs> yeah, I remember the, that when working at the campus pub too. A lot of uh, a lot of liquid courage back then, with uh, especially with the universe. Like you, I mean, it happens at all bars all the time, but specifically, normally people tend to grow out of it as you get older, but the 20-year-old university college crowd with a... A, a couple too many beers in them. That's that's the definition of liquid courage. <laughs> I I loved that, and it was so annoying at the time. But looking back, so like I was a manager pretty quickly at the club. But I mean, I still had to be a part. So I, the particular nightclub I worked at, we didn't call it security; we called it hospitality. Oh, um, that's nice. <laughs> because a a a a dive bar needs a bouncer, but a nice club can get by with hospitality. <laughs> and, and I remember being called in numerous times to diffuse situations. And like you said, liquid courage, somebody's yeah. in my face and sometimes they're my size. And usually yeah. they're not. Right. Um, and they're like, Oh yeah, you're going to kick me out. I'm like, if you choose that path, that is what's going to happen. Yeah. And the number of times it's like you and what army and boy, did I love when you asked me that question, <laughs> because what you didn't realize is like, you think that these are all just like fancy lights going off, but that flashlight that you saw yeah. maybe briefly, that was an actual signal light. I, that was a yeah. goddamn lighthouse. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I actually have like I'm 6'2, 260. I'm above average sized. I have four actual pieces of farm equipment on their way to pick you up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this conversation we're having is I'm literally stalling. Yeah. So when you say you and what army, and I'm glad you asked me a question because I'm gonna think about it for a second and I'm gonna say the one behind you, and they're yeah. gonna turn around and you're gonna see 1,000 pounds. <laughs> angry dude and you are no longer in my face anymore. i know it's just never like and i get like if you've never worked in a club or a bar and like you're that guy who's had too much drink and a little liquid courage you have no clue about that right to so say you're like yeah yeah you're you're all swollen up about like getting in this one guy's face who you probably also can't beat up <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then let alone him and four of his friends but uh, i remember that like when you were doing that job, the one thing we had to do security a little bit at uh, my uh, the campus bar I worked at. Um, the one thing I was always taught was the best thing you can do is just talk them down. If you can get them out easy and talk them down, that's the best the best and easiest way. You never want to get in a physical confrontation. Like the easiest way is still talking them out and reason with them, right? So you'll reason with them right up to the point where you can't do it anymore. A hundred percent. I mean. Putting your hands on somebody else is not fun 
ever. And anybody who says it is, is a sicko. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those people yeah. exist. And if you enjoy that, that's totally fine. But that's not... Those normal. people who become cops. Brandon. Yeah. And that's not... No, <laughs> you're not wrong. And it's one of those things where, like, you see the most... The conversations get blown out of proportion. Arguments get blown out of proportion. And like, if you can't talk somebody down, once you start physically interacting with someone, you have no idea what's going to happen next. That's right. Yeah. Some people go nuts. People like, I mean, I've seen people get very, very badly hurt over some dumb shit. Like they overcharged me a dollar on my credit card. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't something that's worth like drawing blood over. But as soon as you put your hands on one of my staff members, you have just forfeited any sort of, you know, compassion me or anybody working with me has for you mm. and like talking people down definitely step one like please like we're going to talk about this unfortunately i've got to kick you out right now like i don't ask questions when someone tells me you got to go you got to go that's right my job is not to ask questions my job is to make it happen as quickly as possible and you know if you choose to if you choose the hard path i have a hard path for you right um but I would rather you pick the easy path because that's better for both of us. Yeah, and you make a good point about like when to put your hands on someone. Because the other thing, the other side of that is like I have seen some like very small dudes who you would not expect to be able to handle themselves, handle themselves in a situation like that. And then it goes bad for everyone, right? It's like you oh. think, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. And then um, and the, the other thing I was going to ask you about is like the one thing I always encountered at the campus pubs that I worked at was the, the buddy, the guy's buddy, who's like the fucking lawyer. I love, I love that. <laughs> um, the number of times. So the club that I worked at, I, I worked there for the better part of four years. Um, I never saw one of my staff members throw a punch ever mm -hmm. they were incredibly good they they paid for us to take jujitsu classes my group of guys could choke you out six ways from sunday and that's you know you say talking people down is step one making you go to sleep is step two right because yeah. sleeping people don't punch you yeah, and yeah. i don't like being punched i respond yeah. very poorly to being punched <laughs> um, and these guys like we will just carry unconscious people out and like set them on the sidewalk and you, exactly right we have that buddy who's like this is all on camera and i'm yeah. gonna sue your ass i'm like yeah. well I have cameras in the building. You're on camera right now. My name is Brandon. This is the address. Yeah. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not it's, once has anyone ever contacted me over no. something. Well, like it's that. always the it's always another drunk dude who's the smallest guy in the group, but the yappiest, and they can oh, yeah. explain to you how uh, like he's gonna like even before you even get them out or the conflict has even started, that guy is sometimes in your ear and just being like, "No, you don't have the right to kick him out," and here's why, or here's why you shouldn't be kicking him out and here's what's going to happen if you do i'm like I, dude yeah there's no way you have a law degree so get the fuck out of my <laughs> and it's gotten so much worse like right before i left gainesville um i remember throwing somebody out and we were like you just made the biggest mistake of your life i'm I'm in the the law fraternity, whatever the fuck that was. Um, <laughs> and and you just impeded our right to blah, 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 blah. I'm like, bro, if you know anything about the law, you know, first and foremost, 
I have the right to refuse service to any person for any reason, right. zero questions asked. And as soon as I ask you to leave and you say no, now you're trespassing. Yeah. And now I can remove you. And if you want to argue that point, there's actually a police officer one block away because there always was in Gainesville. And I'll call him over here myself. I've got yeah. a cell phone number. I'll call him for you. And they're like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not necessary. That seems to be one like like universal sort of law when it comes to bars and restaurants or retail or wherever all over the world where it's like, no, we don't have to serve anyone. And some people like I don't know how it became this um, sort of idea where the the guests or the customer got this notion that it's like, oh, no, you can't refuse me service. I'm like, this is a private business. I can refuse anyone at any point, like for any reason. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the world today, I can pick any reason, but I'm actually legally incentivized not to tell you the reason. Right. (laughs) Because because then you can then you can use my words against me. And that's That's the shit. You're like, why are you kicking me out? I'm like, because I am. Yeah. And like if I explain to you why I unfortunately am opening myself up to litigious actions. But if I just say no, leave. You can't do shit about that because this is my this is my prerogative as a business operator. Yeah, it's gone back to like the thing with your parents where it's like, why can't I do that? Because I said so. Yeah, because I said so. <laughs> yeah. Like Legally, when you when yeah. you run out of arguments, it's like yeah, it's just because I said so. That's why. <laughs> and I hate that that's legally the most sound thing you can do. Like if I say literally anything about you, that can be used out of context in, in a court oh, of law. But right, if I just say because I said so, right. that's bulletproof. It must be so hard to do that job now with all that bullshit, with all the bullshit that the people are dealing with now. I'm so glad that I'm not doing the business on that side anymore. I'm sure you are as yeah. well. But oh, yeah. so yeah, like so now you're working at the golf course. A little different crowd than the nightclub in uh, Gainesville, I'm sure. <laughs> more, more often than not, yeah. yeah. You know, there, yeah. There's, some, <laughs> there's some similarities, but more uh, a lot more differences there for sure. The drunk guys aren't as intimidating at the golf course. So. <laughs> well, the, unfortunately, when the guys at the golf course say that they have the best lawyers money can no, buy, they might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it's one of those things where, like, I luckily because sawgrass is such a prestigious building you know as i i'm i mean i'm a part-time bartender right now uh you know they coined the term barcenary after 2020 go where <laughs> right, go where the money's best go what's the best fit for you i'm a slinger right now like mm. i'm looking for the next step professionally but like right now i just go there and i put liquids in cups and i make people happy yeah so if I have an issue with someone, there are layers upon layers of management and security that I can go to. And, you know, there's a police department less than a mile away right. uh, down from the course where I don't have to do that. But it's also so interesting because, you know, you never know who's at the bar or who's at the table around the bar because that is such an iconic building and it's such a bucket list location for so many people i have wandered in and sat down at a bar like you know clocked in got into the service well and this gentleman has been at the bar already and i'm chit-chatting with him and i come to find out like this is an actual certified can look you up in forbes 
billionaire. Right. And he just wanted a chicken sandwich and a Mick Ultra draft and to watch TV while his wife was doing something. And mm-hmm. you're just like, bro, what do you like in your brain? You're like, what is this guy doing? And you know, you're just talking shop and you know, you overhear conversations that out of context don't make sense. And then you realize that that guy is meeting with the, you know, president of an actual NFL team and you're hearing names like Robert and Jerry. And you realize that he's talking about like the owners of the Patriots or the Cowboys. Right. And he's name dropping like a fucking savage. And you can't put it into context because he doesn't have to use last names because everyone at the table knows who he's talking about. Right. And yeah, kicking people out in that building is a little bit scary for me, but I've seen I've been a part of it one time and it was because someone put their hands on an employee. And at that point there's just no question. Like you 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 touch a server, you're getting carried out of the building. Yeah, I don't care how much fucking money you have, right? Nope, um, because you're on camera, bro. So in that scenario and obviously I wouldn't expect you nor do I want you to name names or anything like that. What is the like if it was Jerry Jones, just <laughs> nod your head and no one can see on the podcast. If you, oh, um, so, uh, two two questions. Like, uh, first of all, like you've obviously run into like just as you were describing some power players who were like totally polite and nice, uh, and you've probably run into some not so much. What is the so without so? Let me phrase it this way: If you can think of it, if you. What is like kind of the douchiest thing someone's ever said to you at that job? Uh, directly to me or overheard. Uh, oh yeah. Well that changes things a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it kind of, you know, you hear people talking and especially when they get a few drinks in them, when they start talking business and it, it's when business people start flexing that they yeah, kind of yeah, become yeah. the douchiest and when they when they start dropping sums of money and acting like this is an irrelevant sum, that's that's when you just seem like a giant asshole. Especially you know, in today's economy, when everyone's struggling so much, like that must be really hard to listen to sometimes. Yeah, when so when you run up a like a four hundred five hundred dollar bill, which to most people that's a lot for two yep. people running out to like just grab dinner, and when you say. You know, it, it's not even a thousand dollars. It doesn't matter what credit card I'm using. And they just like literally toss a card at you and they go back to talking about, you know, you know, you know, this is just a one hundred and fifty million dollar arrangement. You know, that's not I mean, this is chump change sort of thing. Like, exactly. Read the room. You're working for yeah. a bunch of like you are in a room with a bunch of people who are working for less than eight dollars an hour living off of your tips and your whether or not you meant what you said or you even like it, it read the room you're yeah. you're you're not understanding the context of the situation and like don't be a dickhole like if yeah. you want to talk like that be like have a private meeting with someone right don't like be, yeah where everyone if can the bartender can hear you yeah. everyone can hear you yeah and, and they're doing that on purpose obviously like i like yeah. i always wonder like for some of those people are they like like just kind of insecure assholes who are trying to make a point loudly so people can understand how important or how much money they have or or some of them are they so out of touch with like what the rest of the world is struggling through that they don't even realize they're being dicks sometimes you know 
And honestly, the it's sometimes a little from column A, a little yeah. from column B. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's pretty interesting. You've done a lot of different jobs there, like from running like a club in Gainesville in fucking Party Town, U, U, University of Florida area, to like working at this golf course. Like, what is? Do you have like a favorite style of service or job that you've done? Yeah, you know, I've thought about that a little bit. Um, if I got to choose, if I had to be behind a bar where I wanted to be, um, and uh, shout out, this bar still exists. This bar made it through the pandemic. Um, there's a little spot in Denver, Colorado called the Tatarian. Um, it's a little, you know, at the bar, you've probably got 20 seats seated um, in the building. You maybe got another 20 seats on a super busy night with standing room. You've got maybe 50 people total in the building, two wells, four bartenders, intimate service. We don't have food. We're here to make drinks for you. This bar made sense. If you were dressed up celebrating, this made sense. If you were just hanging out and you were in shorts and a t-shirt and you just wanted to come in and grab a, a quick drink, this bar made sense. It was accommodating to everyone. It was a building that really fought against the idea of pretentious bartenders and bartenders being super elevated at a time where the speakeasies and the super exclusive bars were at their peak. And it was just, I I could make a Blue Blazer or a Ramos for you and take three or four minutes to really make you a cocktail and everybody was chill. Or you and your buddies came in and ordered seven old fashions and I could crank those out for you in 45 seconds and everybody was still happy. And a bar where I can make your drinks for you, I can make you a good drink with quality ingredients and have a conversation with you and build that back and forth rapport. That's what hospitality is for me. Mm -hmm. Like those people want to come back and talk to you because you made me feel good because you listened. You told me what the difference between bourbon and rye was. You explained why you shake certain drinks or stir other ones. And the drinks were still good. Like I wasn't having to cut corners for cost purposes. So a, a bar like that is where I find myself most at home. Yeah, that's a, that sounds like a perfect bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i, I learned I, so much working in a spot like that i love that like i love that style of bar where it's like anyone you can be wearing like you said wearing a suit or wearing shorts and like you could want like a great cocktail you maybe just want a beer like those are the places i love the best like yeah that's a good answer so okay before we let you go let's talk about the bartenders podcast a little yeah. bit because you were nice enough to have us on your show so uh tell us explain the concept of it Obviously, we had John earlier, so he explained it yeah. a little bit. But yeah, get, get into it. So basically, it was kind of a John is a master of the dad joke um, <laughs> and also of not uh, John takes notes about shit that you wouldn't expect him to. And bartenders really came from a place of coping with trauma. Um, John and I both basically got kicked out of Denver during the pandemic because we couldn't afford to live there anymore. Denver truly handled pandemic protocols terribly. There was a bunch of half measures and it really, the the people on the front lines of the service industry suffered the worst in that area. Um, maybe also medical staffing, but it, Denver was bad and we had to leave. 
And one of the ways we coped with that was we were playing games. And, you know, we had never played Dungeons and Dragons before, but it was a social game where you can kind of get that, like, the bartenders always put on a mask. Like, when you're behind a bar, you have a persona. And that's not your real persona. That's your professional persona. Yep. So the idea of playing D&D and slightly altering who you are to uh, accomplish a goal is not unlike what we do for a living. So we started playing a game with one of our barbacks and he makes the joke where well, we can be bard tenders and makes this terrible pun and john's taking notes and we kill an entire bottle of whiskey we i mean i remember it was midwinter's dram it was a high west bottle and we killed it in a night and we're making terrible fucking nerdy jokes and <laughs> playing board games and just hanging out and john took notes and he turned it into a pitch deck and he got us a couple of bucks from a liquor company to give it a shot and you know we're working on you know will we'll ha- have been operating for two years in April. And we get to record ourselves playing games and just being goons. And the other half of our show is bringing in people like you who are either in our industry or do something really cool. And we want to chit-chat with you. And we want to be a platform for people to get messages out and explain what we do for a living and just see the other side of what we do. Because... If you've only ever been a guest at a bar or restaurant, you don't know what the industry is like. And we get to let people, you know, shine their lights and, you know, talk their talk. And it's just a platform for people to be themselves. And it's been an outlet for us. And it's done far more positive things than I anticipated it to. And it continues to surprise me by, you know, people reaching out and letting us do cool things like be on your show. Yeah, well, and vice versa. And I would just like to say, like, that uh, meeting people like you guys has been like one of the best things about us doing this show as well. It's like you meet all these people from all over the world who are kind of doing the same shit as you, going through the same shit as you. And like, I don't, like, I always wonder, maybe only people who work in the service industry listen to this fucking show. I don't know. But maybe there's, maybe there's people who don't and then they get a little insight into what the people who work in the service industry actually are like and are going through when they're not just putting on their like D&D mask behind the bar for you, right? Yeah, exactly. I Deep down, I hope that podcasts like yours and ours can reach an audience that isn't just intimately familiar with what we do because the point is kind of to share a message. And like you said, it's easy to relate. Like you guys can relate to a lot of my stories because you, you get it. You live that life. Like, I mean, it's called trauma bonding. Like you and I can understand the the difficulties of working in uh, university pub bars mm-hmm. because it's the same. Doesn't matter where you are. It sucks. They're grimy. They're gross. People are assholes. So like if you like hopefully these hoity-toity uh, pre-law students can listen to this and understand that you're being a dick bag and yeah. maybe, you know, change your ways a little bit. But obviously, you know, the message isn't just for industry people. The message is for everybody. So hopefully you and I both get more than just industry people listening to us. I hope so, because like it's sometimes like it sounds terrible, but we almost need to humanize the people in the fucking industry. So people who come into bars and restaurants realize you're actually dealing with a human being, not just someone who's there to serve you. 
<laughs> and I assure you, there are very few places that need that message more than a place like Florida. <laughs> like, I, when, when I tell you that it was the, the culture shock of 2020 moving from Denver, Colorado to St. Augustine, Florida in October mm. of 2020, one month before the election. Let me tell you oh, that that man. was the biggest red to blue culture shock bullshit I have ever been through in my entire life. Yeah, I can imagine. That's <laughs> that's it crazy. Is crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast about that. <laughs> well, good luck to you down there. Let's cross our fingers for the election that's about to come for Ooh, you guys. <laughs> it is on the way, actually. Yeah. And it is. I didn't even think about that. It's fucking white knuckle time down there, my friend. Yeah, so <laughs> best of luck to you, Brandon. Thanks so much for doing this. It was great to talk to you again. And uh, best of like, figure out what you're gonna fucking do down there. I know you're gonna do well. And like, I I know it's a mercenary situation right now, but you will find the spot because you give a fuck. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, man. And, and best of luck with the podcast. Say hi to John for us. And thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks a ton. 